podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, God, we're on, apparently. It's all gone wrong. When Villa get it right on a pitch, we can't get it right on the Villa view. Bring back Rollo, bring back Tom Julian. It's all gone to absolute pot here. I'm unsure at this point what you've seen and what you haven't seen, so I'm just going to ask Ty. Enjoyable night, wasn't it, Ty? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, second game in, unbeaten, mate, pushing for them Champions League spots uh, up the Villa, mate. Yeah, let's not mess around. Let's let's bring our guest in that seemed to absolutely corrupt things before. So we'll try and get Sean in again from 1 to 11 kits. I'm going to be honest, I can't see what's going on on the screen at the moment. So I've got absolutely no idea if Sean's here or not. I'm going to have to hope for a, a nod from the producer. Yeah, he's in. Good. Hi, yeah. yeah. Sean, absolutely delighted, I imagine. Two for two. Villa 100% record. Not often we've had the chance to talk about happy times in the Premier League in the last decade. But at the moment... Knowing as well we're going to add to the squad, it feels like we're in a happy place. It's, yeah, it's been really, really positive, hasn't it? I think um, the way we ended the season, not only that, and the way we've we've continued, it's been amazing. And uh, we can't really ask for much more as Villa fans who've, who are in a second season of Premier League football. It, it's just positive, isn't it? And it's nice to come on to hear, you know, we spent all them weeks when you first started this, listening and watching and, and praying for points. And now it's nice to be able to come on here and talk about as you said, real positivity uh, and watching an assured and mature, mature performance. Yeah, because I mean, I'm not saying we were ever as bad as, as Fulham, although let's be fair, at, at times we were, but Fulham had a serious aura of that team that's just been promoted, struggling defensively like we did for so, so much of last season. But what's crucial is we capitalised as a side that struggled to score goals last season. We actually capitalised and bagged three today. I think that's, that's the point, isn't it? You can see the difference in in a you know experience that Premier League level experience between the two sides. Now we've had a season under our belt in the league, and I think that was the main difference, isn't it? I think the fact as well uh, that that home crowd is not much, as much of a of a prevalence in the Premier League at the moment as, as normal. So so to be up against a team with no fans uh, that would normally have that you know first home game back in the Premier League uh, vibe about them, yeah, uh, you know, really worked in our favour. And Fulham, to be you know to be fair, they, they looked like they wanted it. Um, but they were just weren't clever, just weren't on it like we were, uh, and didn't really mention or going forward. You know, they only really had that cross into Mitrovic, and, and Contra and Mings sort of knew that that was coming, and, and and pretty much, you know, did the job. Yeah, it was quite comfy for Villa, wasn't it? Ty, like like uh, Sean says, it was that direct cross into the box. I felt like Mitrovic was trying to pin himself on, on Matty Cash quite a lot in the in the first half. And to be fair to Fulham, actually, I think we took our foot off the pedal in the second half. That did cause us a few problems. Obviously, Martinez made a mistake, and and the goal ends up get, getting chalked off. But how much of the second half was it? Villa just took their foot off the pedal because the game was won early in the second half, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, one thing I spotted with Konza, I mean, uh, Mitrovic was beating him to the headers, but. Uh, Konza was making his life an absolute nightmare. Yeah, um, he had him pinned down. I mean, he had loads of attempts, but none of them really, you know, much of a threat. Um, but Konza just—he's just—he's proper found his feet. I think he's had means alongside him. You know, he's had a season in the Premier League. You know, and the pressure's off him as an individual, uh, as such. You know, now there's you know a lot of new recruits coming in. 
I, I think he's been outstanding, mate. And, and Matty Cash, as you said, absolutely brilliant. I think it comes down a little bit to what, what Sean says, that extra year now of experience. I've got to admit, when he first came in, I, I wasn't 100% sold on concert. But after lockdown, even when the games he played right back, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And Sean, to be fair, you've pulled him on the on your back of your shirt this season, haven't you? And he's having to buy you a new yeah, shirt because yeah. he, he's changed a number. But I'm guessing you're obviously really, really impressed with him as you've got him on the back of your shirt for the new season. Yeah, I thought after after lockdown, um, I... I thought Engels was going to be naturally be the the number one centre back, uh, the more experienced when we when we signed him the the first season when we came up. But yeah, he's just really progressed really well, hasn't he? You know, he's got uh, an English coach. He just seems to have settled into the squad, into the, the the playing style, and he's a good player. He is a good player, and um, I can't really remember how much we pay for him, but it looks like a good a steal at the moment. Yeah, I felt like it was around really in my memory, maybe completely deserted me there, but I feel it wasn't far off fifteen million pound, and in the modern day where the prices are absolutely crazy for for a young English talent like that, someone who's got England under-21 tournament experience as well. It's looking like money well spent. Let's just turn it round to, obviously, my, my favourite player, someone who everyone knows I love, so no one wants to hear what I, I want to say about him because everyone knows I love him. But, Sean, what do you think of Connor tonight? He's obviously got a goal and an assist. That's the kind of game that just suits him, isn't it? It's the game where he can be really productive. Yeah, he managed to get forward, didn't he? And and I know in teams before Aston Villa, he, he was a very creative and attacking outlet for for teams that he's been at before Aston Villa. And obviously, there's there's bigger names that have to take that mantle for the Aston Villa team. But yeah, he did really well, didn't he? He, he got an assist on the on the set pieces, and we know he's really strong in those in those areas. But also the finish for his goal, which was on his right foot, which is his weaker foot. I don't think McGinn was meaning to do that, but yeah, no, he I was going to ask that. Yeah, he, he he got the goal and. He looked really, you know, he looked delighted, and and I always think he's a Premier Premier League quality player. Um, he just hasn't, he hasn't got that name, so he, he's had to work at it a lot more. And and as you said previously, he's always the one that gets subbed first, which is not necessarily the nicest thing for him as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're being linked with a couple of number eights from Chelsea, so it's probably his spot. You mentioned him being subbed off first; yeah. it's his spot that that's probably most at threat. But how useful is he to, even to have to bring on? He's just a very useful player to have because of his productivity, isn't it? Yeah, he was crucial for us staying up. Those set pieces in the last five or six games were so important in, in, in getting us points and, and they're going to be important this season as well. So I still think connor has got an important part to play. We know that Mings can, can get injured. You've always got to have rotations of sides, you've got different systems. So I don't think his Villa career is over. I think he, he can still go up a level and yeah, it was a good performance from him today. Good performance from lots of players today. Yeah, who who was it who most impressed you? Uh, funnily enough, I really liked Trezeguet. I thought his pressing was, oh, really? was really good from a defensive point of view. I thought his defensive his defensive play was really really good. Uh, he never once looked like he, he he give a ball give a ball away or stop chasing a man. And uh, I was just really impressed with his work rate on the right hand side, which is not normally his natural position. And you can tell that there's there's competition for places. That, I think that's the only thing I can think of with him is that that competition for places is making everyone a little bit better. And Watkins as well, which you guys previous previously mentioned. You know, I, I can see that the the team is better with him in the side, and and you can tell that he's originally a left winger because he's fine with taking people on. He, he he's fine with linking up play. It's it's just getting that Premier League quality finishing, which I think will be will be his area where you know that'll be his challenge for this season. Yeah, I'm saying in the comments, Ty's just flashed up on the screen. Matty Cash getting a bit of love. I thought he was very good in the first half of his debut against Sheffield United. What did you make of him tonight? Just solid, mate. Uh, I think going forwards and uh, and def- defensively, I thought he was outstanding. You know, especially when we took the gas off, he was uh, 
when we welcomed a bit more pressure in the second half, I, I just thought he was bang on, mate. You know, not not really a foot out of place. Uh, my worry at the moment is, I mean, I'd, I'd be keen to hear your view on this, actually, Dan, is, is the left side. Um, with Neil Taylor, I feel his defensive side isn't the worst, but his attacking side is non-existent. But then with Target, I think his attacking side is, you know, he's positive and his defensive side lacks. How, how do you feel about that, Dan? Do you think that, do you think that we need a, a new left back with a middle ground of both? You know, like a, a, a left back equivalent of Matty Cash. What are your views on that, Dan? I think long term they'd probably look for an upgrade, but I feel like this summer, when then trying not to do too much and disrupt the side a load, I think that would be something that wouldn't be a priority. I think they're probably happy with Target in terms of his attacking output and that they've got the backup of Taylor, who is dependable, if nothing else, if they need to call on him. There's a couple of things I see from Target that, that worry me. Some games I think he's absolutely brilliant, and then there'll be certain games as well where I think defensively in his positioning is a little bit suspect. But I think for where we are at the moment, we paid maybe £18 million for Target. I don't see us going and splashing the cash on, on a new left-back this window. I just don't think that would be sensible at all. What did you make of him, Sean? Yeah, I think it's important to note as well that he's not old, is he? He's still going to improve going forward. Uh, so I think for the level that we're at, you know, he's okay, isn't he? And and in the transfer window, we had areas that we needed to improve more than than mighty target. So um, I think that's probably where we're at with him. I think he, you know, he's not the best, is he? He he, he, he doesn't inspire uh, a massive amount of confidence, um, but. I think it's the fact that we had other areas that we needed to improve that that means he keeps his place, at least for this season anyway. But yeah, if I was going to think of future transfer windows, if he doesn't improve, then it would be a player that I would, or a position that I would think that Neil Taylor needs to move on and then we would get someone in when, when Taylor's contract probably expires. Yeah, I think one key aspect that none of us have mentioned actually is that I think Jack enjoys playing with him down that left, left-hand left side and there has been games where there's been that really good link-up between the two of them. So yeah. I think that's maybe a factor in, in target as well. They're good friends off the pitch and we have seen Leicester in the semi last year springs to mind that, that they can link up really well. So I think that's probably something to bear in mind with them as well. And I'm always wary that obviously we've won tonight. I don't want to be negative at all. There does always seem to be this thing with Villa fans that we have to, have to find a scapegoat or find something wrong and it, it feels to know it like that's not the night to find something wrong when you've just gone and won three nil away in the Premier League because we didn't win too many away games last season. Just before you drop off, Sean, it would be remiss to have you on without talking about kits obviously you're the owner of one to eleven kits you sell football shirts you do very well however you collect them as well what do you make of the kits this season um yeah it's been a mixed bag from from kappa i think it's an improvement on uh, on the previous season's collection of kits uh, the third yeah. shirt is it's nice to have a bit of a local touch isn't it with the with the map and it's got a very much a, a napoli sort of camo feel yeah uh, I like it. with that big big lefty leck uh, let let coffee that they normally have on there. Uh, so yeah, it's I think it's it's very difficult when they're the next person in from uh, after Luke Roper. You know, yeah. it's like a David Moyes coming in after Alex Ferguson. It's it's always going to be difficult. Uh, Good comparison. But, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they'll be delighted with that comparison. <laughs> it is hard, uh, you know, for the for the fans to to get Boyo. But when I look at across, um, you know, kits of the 20th, 20th century or even the last decade. Uh, when we've had Macron and, and, and stuff like that, you know, God. they're not the worst and they're not the best. There's some, the green one, I think, will will stand out a little bit over time and the black one this season is good. So, but everyone's, you know, 
depends what memories get made in them. You know, that, that green one from last season, staying up in that. So that'll all add to it. You know, not not just purely the, the design perspective. Just don't tumble dry them and, and put them on a cold wash. Otherwise, they'll yeah. only last one. I tell you what, you've sent shivers down my spine mentioning Macron there. But Sean, it's been great to have you on as well. And do make sure you're checking out the 1 to 11 Kits podcast as well. You have to remind me what it's called because I've completely forgotten what it's one called. To 11 Didn't write kits it down. Well, no, it's just 1 to 11 Kits on YouTube. Him and AVFC kit geek go through and talk about Villa shirts from yesteryear. Might even make a cheeky appearance on there myself in the coming weeks. So make sure you check that out. And Sean, thanks for coming on. And as always, it's great to talk about a win. Thanks, guys. Up the villa. Up the villa, Sean. Probably a good time to mention now that we have actually got a bit of an association going on with Fanatics at the moment. So if you visit the AVFC online store, you can get 10% off. The link has just popped up on the screen, as well as the code that you can use at checkout. I do think there's a few exclusions. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what they are, but just use the code VillaView10 and see what happens. You might get 10% off. You might not. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Ever, ever the professional. Now, Ty, obviously we've had some technical difficulties tonight, so I'm unsure whether anyone even heard what we were saying about Ollie Watkins, but we, just in case you didn't, we were talking about the fact that he's visibly frustrated by the fact he hasn't scored yet, but we think he needs to relax a little bit because his overall game has been absolutely top draw the first two games, compared to what we used to from a striker as well, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's, uh, the positioning, um, I think I said this in the podcast last week, um, that he it's something we've lacked uh the attacking position inside of since Tammy. Um we we we've been desperate for the you know I don't I don't want to say the words but you know some some call it a tapping merchant I call it right place right time yeah. um and you know that that's you know for a, a, a striker to get the amount of goals he did last season with uh with no no penalties you know just straight direct play incredible mate I think uh once as as we said earlier I think once he gets that goal um I think that's where the floodgates will open, mate, and he'll have a really good season. It's just nice to see that we're still creating and scoring um, and not relying on him too much and putting too much pressure on him. Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, where you need people chipping in from all areas. Obviously, tonight we've got a goal from the wing, a goal from central midfield and a goal from a centre-back. Even like just trying to get a centre-back who could score five goals through the season, those kind of things make a real difference to nicking a point here and there, getting three points when it looks like you're only going to get one. That's two defenders now that, that are off the mark. So you'd like to see maybe a little bit of a, a competition between Concer and Mings now to see if either of them can get to five goals. But back to back to Watkins and the Tammy comparisons. How similar do you think he is to Tammy? Or do, you, do you think he's got a bit more to his all-round game, maybe? I, I might be being harsh on Tammy here, but I just feel like sometimes his movement's a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Watkins go a lot uh, wide a fair few times this evening. You know, they the uh, they seem to the front three seem to float round a little bit more, um, especially more so than last season. It was you know just Jack really that floated about more, but it was nice to see Trez you know trotting to the middle and then uh, you know Watkins drift out wide. You know Martinez as well with those uh, with those quick those quick balls up the pitch on the counter attack. Just you know just things we didn't have last season really. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think there's a little bit more to his game, uh, especially the pace side, uh, more so than anything. Well, we all know how important goalkeeper distribution is, as, as we spoke about many times on, on the Villa View. Tom Julian certainly knew how important it was. I think our next guest, Andy, K2 villain, is ready to come on. So again, hopefully we'll see him appear on the screen in a second. It's always that awkward pause when, when, you're, waiting for some, when you're waiting for someone. 
He's not there. Drum roll. Is he coming? Ooh. Can I have a nod? Can I have a nod, producer Adam, as to whether he's coming or not? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with no, no. I can. I can oh. see his face, but I don't know. He's not on the screen at the moment. Adam, can you just give me a, a nudge? As to there we go. Oh, there he was oh. very briefly. Oh. It's his turn. It's like an episode of Faulty Towers tonight. What a shirt! I'm Look at that top. Oh, there he is. He's come. He's, he's come prepared. I won't ask you what size it is, Andy. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> not, not going to be that guy. But you're looking quite jovial. Yeah, three nil, Andy. Delighted. I mean, it's uh, it's like the twilight zone, isn't it? It's amazing. Like two 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 games, two wins, fourth in the league. Um, I I did expect things to be a little bit better this this uh, this season, the start of this season, but you know, can't can't be any better. I, I'm saying I'm saying four wins, four out of four. Well, you reckon we're going to go to <laughs> Liverpool on Sunday? No, we've won four out of four already. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say that was very, very yeah. ambitious. But just on the subject of Liverpool game, yeah. how important is it to get two wins going into what is obviously going to be a really tough match for Villa on Sunday? Absolutely, it's 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 a, it's a big. It's likely that we we perhaps won't win that game. Although you, you never know the way some of the results are going, um, particularly this weekend. Yeah, um, you never know. You know, we didn't disgrace ourselves at Anfield um, earlier on in the year, did we? So uh, it, there's there's potential there, um, but absolutely, I mean, it, it's it, it means we can relax a little bit, um, and then going into the international break, um, which I can't believe there's another international break, really. But you know, <laughs> it's 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 a good thing, you know, um, to have the six points on the board, definitely. Yeah, especially with that game in hand as well, to be sitting fourth, having played one less than the majority of teams in, in the league. It's a really, really positive start. You mentioned the the international break. I don't think Gareth Southgate was there tonight, but he'll, he'll have had his, his scouts and people people watching Jack Grealish tonight. First half in particular, he terrorised them down that left side, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was reminiscent of some of his performances in the Championship, um, where yeah. he, was, he was just picking the ball up from deep and there's no stopping him and it's it's kind of a shame that um, there wasn't. I remember the one where he, he was he was right on the touchline and he kind of beat a couple of men and drove into the middle. And I think he picked out Trezeguet, who you know, I think Watkins might have been offside from Trezeguet's shot. But it's a shame that nothing came of that really. But you know, his 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 goal was excellent. I mean, you you don't often see him making those runs in behind, do you? Um, and no, he picked him out beautifully and. Uh, but it was it was reminiscent of those championship games where he would just run the game and he would, he would you know beat beat men all over the place and, and 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 run at the goal and he was he was just head and shoulders above everyone on that pitch tonight I thought yeah Philly Dave just said in the in the comments there Troy or Ryan Grealish linked linked up looked tasty ties I mean not ties Sean sorry mentioned Trezeguet obviously Troy Ray's ended up coming on Ramsey's got a bit of game time as well. Do you think Troy Ray comes straight in for Trezeguet? Because I've got, I've got to say, I, I thought he was quite lively as well. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with Trezeguet tonight. His, his overall work, I mean, in those last four games um, before the end of the season, I thought his work rate was incredible. So he must have run miles and miles in those games. Um, quite often kind of um, leading that press, you know, and, and, and really getting in people's faces. But I thought technically he was excellent tonight on the ball. Yeah. He was really, really good. Um, you know, I thought he's always a threat coming in 
on that on that back post from crosses. I mean, we've seen it so many times last season with those you know those goals he scored. But he's he's such a danger because I, I really think he's got an eye for goal. Um, you, you know, I think I, he just looked like a more accomplished Premier League player tonight than he than he perhaps has done. Um, you know, certainly at the start of last season, he looks he looks like he's at home now. So I don't yeah. I don't necessarily think Traore comes straight in. Um, obviously, I'd like to see him. He, he seems like an exciting sort of player to watch, and I'd like to see him come in. But you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I think Trezeguet's Trezeguet's shirt to lose at the minute. Yeah, and Ty, how important is that that competition for places? It wasn't something that we particularly had last season. It was more of trying combinations because things weren't working. But now we saw in the cup when when all the reserves played last week, there is that genuine desire now for people to try and get themselves in the team because they're out. But it will lead to more performances like that because we've we've got people putting pressure on other players to perform because they know if they don't perform, they're going to lose their place. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think I think Trey's having you know as uh, as Andy said. Uh, he, he was always leading the way with the pressure. He, he did always run his legs off, but some games he was, you know, he, he didn't do, didn't really get into the game. Um, but the, the, he's got a year Premier League experience under him now, so he understands the league a little bit more. And uh, and I think you could see that tonight in his game. Um, but you know, I, I love a a left footed player on the right wing and a right footed player on the left wing. You know, so but that that pressure is always good pressure. You know. We're now adding depth to the squad where players are fighting for their places. So I think you'll start to see a lot better performances as a whole from individuals. Yeah, I think we've got a couple more still to come in as well, if I'm being honest. So exciting times with the end of the transfer window. I think it's less than a, than a week away now. What are you expecting to see coming, Ander? Well, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure if we were if we were maybe done. Um, nah, Ty keeps... no way. No way. <laughs> Ty keeps dropping a few hints on Twitter. Um, I only say good morning if everyone assumes. <laughs> um, I mean, I still feel that um, we may need a striker, uh, another yeah. another striker. I really like Ollie Watkins. I think he's I think he's going to be really really top signing for us. Um, it might take a bit of time though, and it might be that we use him. Sort of on either either flank as well for a little bit, at least to get him up to the up to speed in the in the Premier League. Um, that's not to say I don't think he's he's he's, he's looked good because I, I think he has, but it's a it's a big step up for him. You know, even from the top of the Championship, I think it is a it is a big big ask of him. And I mean, I I I don't know. Obviously, I, everyone wanted Tammy Abraham. Um, that's not going to happen. No. Um, I mean, maybe the the Edward at Celtic. I don't know if that's that's still a possibility. I don't know if we're we're in the market for someone who's going to be that expensive. Um, and there's always uh, Benteke still floating around. Yeah. Well. Odd, oddly linked with Spurs today. Yeah, Benteke. Yeah, Benteke, yeah. yeah. I mean, that well, Spurs. It... They wanted him when he when he was banging in the goals for us, didn't they? It would be a strange move to see him move there. What about Connor? Because obviously we're being linked with the number eight. I think we will sign a number eight, but it will do him good to get a goal and an assist tonight. What did you make of his display? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he just gets more and more comfortable with the level he's playing at. And I think that's the case. That's probably been the case every level he's, he's, he's moved up to, um, including international level. I think he's one of yeah. those players that just just works on his game clearly works really really hard on his game 
listens to what the managers want and um and goes out and does his job you know he 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 probably is he maybe is playing slightly above his 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 level in a way but I, you can't fault him and he's just always there isn't he he's always there in the in in the position and you know good finish you know and that, that's he's got that striker's instinct that I wish some of our strikers had had over the years really <laughs> yeah he always finds his way back in the team yeah. as well doesn't I, I, he when he's out he's always back yeah. in yeah i absolutely love connor and you know he's he's i mean i know you you're a huge fan of him as well and um hopefully he'll you know when eventually he does leave the club he'll 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 leave a bit of a bit of a mark on the club he's he's one of those heroes i suppose of our our rise back to the premier league and i mean his numbers are outstanding as well aren't they really for for a, a midfielder that's been in and out and yeah. playing de- defensive midfield and number 10 and all over the place really so I yeah. believe he's our top scorer at the club, actually, in terms of goal output that's left at the club now. I believe he scored the most goals out of anyone else for Aston Villa in the squad. Just before you leave us, Ander, what are you hoping to see from Villa this season in terms of a, a league finish? What, what do you think our ceiling is? Um, I think probably anything below eighth. I think, well, anything, I say anything below eighth, anything between eighth and fifteenth. <laughs> Okay. I certainly don't want to be in a, in a in a last in a last day uh, scramble again. Um, but the way I mean, it's impossible to tell. Like we say, everything is so topsy turvy. Um, no fans in the grounds, which is is going to start having a, an effect, I think, on games and intensity of games. Um, because there's no doubt the supporters drive players on, or the other the other way around. Sometimes you know, draw mistakes out of players. Yeah. We're seeing some really, really weird uh, results, um, and, and particularly, you know, against the home sides a lot of the time. Um, so it's impossible to tell, isn't it? But I mean, if you, if, if you if you gave me twelfth now, I'd probably take it. Yeah, I think most, I think most gave, people would. <laughs> but I wouldn't be, you know, I, I part, half of me would think, well, you know, we could we could get up to eighth or ninth, maybe. I don't know. Well, <laughs> That's what happens when you win two in a row. <laughs> yeah, Giddy Hyde's a fourth at the moment. I know it's only two games in for us, but not, not many times yeah. we've been fourth in the Premier League in the last decade. Andy, it's been great to have you on. Doing some stuff uh, under a gaslit lamp at the moment, aren't you? Podcasting, yeah. a bit of written stuff as well. So everyone out Andy's stuff, K2 Villain on Twitter. Thanks for coming on, pal. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Up the Villa, Up the Villa. Take it easy. I mean, I'm saying see you soon to everyone, but that's complete fabrication because I won't be seeing anyone at a football match anytime soon. I think Andy raised some got reasonable points there about, about the league being funny. There's barely been a home win in in the Premier League so far this this week, this game week. I mean, I don't know what happened with the game tonight that's going on now as we're talking, but it is quite funny. And you kind of feel like it's something that Villa might be able to capitalise on in some kind of weird way because I do feel like all this COVID stuff played a part in keeping us up. Absolutely, mate. It's just nice to see, you know, it's been quite frustrating to watch us and nerve-wracking, you know. It hasn't necessarily been a fun time to watch Villa over the last few years, you know. As we've said before, you know, going to the last game of the season three times, mate, it's been a, it's been an absolute nightmare. So yeah, it's nice to just watch us, you know, and just, it's a breath of fresh air. Tonight has been an absolute breath of, breath of fresh air. And Dan, it's been nice, because obviously me and you are, are quite close, you know, away from social media. Um, 
it's just been nice to have a conversation about football where it's mainly full of smiles, mate, and not frustration. Yeah, because I think we all spent the entirety of last season worrying about about what was going to happen to Villa. Nasef was there tonight, wasn't he? I don't know whether you saw it. The, the sky yeah, camera yeah, popped yeah. to Nasef. How plays will he be? Absolutely, yeah. I reckon he's come to uh, have a knock on Dino's door and gone, what are you spending all my money on, mate? Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully he'll be over the moon and happy with the performance, you know, uh, and hopefully didn't do too much research into what doing a Fulham was before the game. So uh, yeah, hopefully he's come away positive and he's uh, gone, yeah, Dean, there's another 50 million quid, mate. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, well, that would be very, very nice, wouldn't it? Obviously, we've kept another clean sheet tonight, Todd. We did concede, but it, it, it was ruled out. A bit of a mistake from Martinez, although I think it did kind of come through Tyro Mings a little bit. Yeah. At that point, that went in. You, did you ever have any, just a little bit of a tinge of, of a concern? Then you suddenly start to think this is a keeper who's been brilliant for the last 10 to 15 games and he comes to yeah. us and, and he makes a mistake. Were you, were you ever concerned? Because Fulham did put us under a little bit of pressure, only a, only a touch. I wasn't concerned about Fulham. It was more Martinez's uh, confidence I was worried about because he, he looked a bit, you know, oh, did that just happen? Um, you know, he, he did, I think there was a bit of confusion between him and Mings. It looked like Mings had uh, had potentially gone for the ball and I think he's just took uh, took his eyes off it a little bit and then it's just uh, slipped away from him. But yeah, I'm, I mean, just for his confidence purposes, mate, I don't think there was any way back in that for Fulham at all. No, I mean, obviously... To, to finish the game off so early in, in the second half was was a massive thing because two nils never never a great lead for me. It's always a lead that, that still worries me. I was even obviously being a Villa fan a little bit worried at three nil. But we got goals at good times tonight. It's, it's a bit cliche to say, but to to score two early in the first half and then finish the game early in the second half, we scored at good times, didn't we? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, to get that goal early on uh, instills confidence in the team and knocks their confidence. You know, for a team that I think. Uh, you know, probably t- tipped, you know, in the media to go back down. You know, there's a lot of pressure on them to perform as it is. So, uh, you know, when you're a team like Fulham, who hasn't got, you know, a massive amount of quality in your squad, you know, compared to, you know, if you look at, say, your top 12, top 14. Um, I think for a team like Fulham, it's hard to get a game back once you once you go 2-0 down so early on. Yeah, and I think our next guest is just about ready, ready to join us. I can see him at the top of our screen, so hopefully... He'll appear on on the screen here. It's it's Neil from the, for the love of Paul McGrath podcast. Great podcast name. The legend himself. Yeah, it's a really really good podcast. I think me and you are gonna gonna make our way on there this week, aren't we, Ty? There we are. I, I can see him there. There he is, Neil. Buzzing, I suspect. Uh, absolutely brilliant, guys. Absolutely brilliant all together. It's uh, it's the first time I've actually gotten to go to a pub to see a game this year. Oh, really? Um, with Munster. Yeah, so I'm actually talking from the office of the pub at the moment. So apologies <laughs> for hearing the guys in the background. Oh, so this is really a post-match point. Uh, what a guy. Given the pub aspect. Yeah, so uh, the Munster Irish Lions here, there's about four or five different Lions clubs in Ireland and the Munster Irish Lions met up. Uh, there was about seven or eight of us inside there and oh, nice. uh, we booked our table. So yeah, it was pretty good to get to get to see people in 3D again because it's been very much watching games on your own, you know, so it's good. Yeah. Tell you what, I think I've watched every single game since football came back on my own. So just what, what was it like just being with Villa fans again? Because it's something I'm really missing. Even if I can't get to the ground, I'm not, I'm not with anyone when I'm watching the game. So what was that like to be together with all your pals and seeing Villa win? It was, it was actually really cool, you know. It was, uh, it was just good to have that kind of camaraderie around it as well. You know, when you're watching it on your own, you're 
sometimes you're kind of maybe reading too much into things your your opinion becomes gospel at the end of the game yeah. and sometimes you know afterwards when you have that like even that five minute discussion at halftime about this guy's playing well and then you go actually he is playing well he's playing really well I didn't spot that or do you remember that thing that happened and you go yeah actually I completely forgot about that because I was so caught up in this moment or you know little bits and pieces so it's fantastic to see that and what, what did you make of Villa overall tonight? I mean, I expected us to win, if, if I'm being honest. I fancied us to win. I thought it would probably only be like a 1-0 or a 2-1. But what did you make of us overall now? I think uh, the second that the, the two early goals went in, you know, in the first 15 minutes, especially Grealish's goal. Uh, Grealish's goal coming in the first couple of moments uh, really settled the team. Um, it was funny because beforehand we were talking that Jacob Ramsey was on the bench and we were wondering, would he get a run? And after Grealish's goal went in, the first thing I turned around to, to Paddy, as I said, Paddy, listen, he's definitely getting a run later on. So from that point of view, I thought that it was very, very comfortable. I think when you see a matchup against people, that matchup against uh, Adai um, and Grealish oh, was a mismatch from day one. Um, no, he wasn't a good player. He was lucky to stay on the field as well, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. There was a lot of sharp pulling and stuff like that going on, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was one of those games that kind of set up perfectly. And I'm it's a strange one because am I right in saying I don't I don't ever remember Villa playing two teams in a row that played three at the back, and it seems to suit the way we play. Because at Sheffield United, I know that we I know that when we played Sheffield United, obviously we only we only just uh, barely scraped it, but we looked kind of okay in attack and we we didn't let their fullbacks kind of attack us and certainly I know in the early half when Ke- when Kenny Tetty kind of got going at Matt, Matty Target um, we we'll allow crosses in from that side but with Mings and Konza it seems to be something that we like to do don't really mind crosses coming into the box which is which I thought was okay and maybe I don't know it's, it, it was a really strange one I don't think I can ever remember Philip playing two teams to play three at the back one after the other before but it does seem to suit our play yeah, I think you, what you say there about the three at the back, obviously it's a system that Fulham haven't really played. They played four at the back in the first game. It's probably something they've worked on in, in the week. I don't think they were fully comfortable with it, if we're being perfectly honest. And that, that first goal was, was a demonstration of that, the way Jack ghosted from the left-hand side to end up on the right-hand side of the penalty area and took the ball home. The front three's movement caused Fulham problems because I think one of the main reasons is they're not used to playing that, that three at the back. But it, it was good to see people popping up all over the place, wasn't it, Neil? And so many people in the box as well against what was a, a weak side. But at times we had four or five players looking to get in the box and get on the end of things. And that's where the goals came from. Absolutely. And and even the movement to the players, once you've got, like, I know last year when we were Wesley in, in the team, the ball was played up to him. He was looking to catch it deeper. Even this time when we're playing the ball wide, the first goal is a great example of this. Ollie Watkins makes a massive movement out of the centre of the fence and tries to pull defenders out of there, at least gets them turning around, looking over their shoulders. And you can see the Grealish ghosts in from the left-hand side because he, he doesn't come from centre. He comes from the left-hand side, just runs yeah. straight across the box and then makes the dart in, which was fantastic to see. So that type yeah. of movement is, is great. And you know what? I don't, obviously I don't know. I don't know, does anybody know? But it was kind of reminiscent to the way maybe the front three would have played under Leicester. And I'm making that connection very much so with Craig, Craig Shakespeare. That, you know, when you've got that fast pacey striker like a Jamie Vardy in there that can move players around the place, and it brings players in, in then from midfield. And look, I could just be putting two and two together here and getting four. No, no. I don't know what the situation is. But it's, it, it, look, I'm all for that fluidity in, in attack as opposed to having the guy up front there that you play to and the defence knows okay, if we just stop him from getting turned, he won't be able to get his wing players in the game. So for me, that was fantastic to see. No, it was good to say. And if you think about 
the start of lockdown when we were very turgid going forward. It, it all felt very rigid to see that free flowing movement again tight. It's great to see because we, we want Villa to be good going forward. And we do feel like we, we're getting that kind of balance now. We've been tight at the back, but also causing teams problems. Absolutely. I think uh, I think the, the team having time together, you know, uh, even with, you know, if you exclude the new signings, just collectively going forward, we look more like a team. You know, was, there was always cases where there was no options for a pass. But I feel like collectively everyone's just in the right place. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that's, you know, we don't see what goes on behind closed, closed doors. Um, but as Neil said, it could be, you know, Craig Shakespeare coming in. You know, he could have a part to do with that as well. You know, and I think having that pacey striker as well definitely has something to do with it as well. But collectively going forward, mate, I've been really impressed. Yeah, it's just, just having that outlet. It felt like it was never really something that we had last season. And Neil, I imagine that when the second goal went in, it was it was a very popular goal scorer in the pub you were in. Absolutely. I think everybody jumped up and said, was it Connor? He hit it with his right foot. We're not <laughs> yeah. sure. We're going to have to wait to see the, to see the, uh, the, the, the replay of it. But yeah, absolutely. Um, we nicknamed for him here. We call him the Bandon Beckham um, because he's from a place in Cork called Bandon. And uh, okay. obviously he crosses balls like like David Beckham. So. You'll have to pass <laughs> that on to him, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let him know about that. Bit of a bit of a right foot swinger. I can't, I can't remember him ever scoring a goal on on his right foot for Villa. To be honest, I think he maybe has, has, has scored one when, when he first joined. But what's your, what's your overall thoughts on, on Connor? Because he, I, I love him, but he does divide opinion amongst Villa fans. People saying he's not cut out for the for the Premier League. But I'm, I'm going to imagine you're in my camp. Oh, he absolutely does. Yeah, look, I think I think what he does is one of those guys that's... Um, how am I going to put this? Uh, Alex Ferguson always had a guy in the team that was probably... People didn't really like him in there. He thought, he thought he was average. And when he moved on to another team, he was bang average in that team. But he suited that system. And I think that Conor, Conor Horan has found a system and found a team in Dean Smith and in Aston Villa that... He's the players around him will feel he's a lot more pivotal to it than the fans looking at the game. Like he's understanding when he first came in, when we first started to play Jack out on the left, Jack trusted him to cover him yeah. in defense when he needed to, while Jack was getting used to playing there. Now we see Jack up and down that left hand side, no problem, and he gets back and, and helps with target. But there was a trust factor there as well. And that probably bought Connor time in the team to settle in. Now I think he's I I, I really, really like Connor Oren. And look, I do think we need another central midfielder to in rotate squad, in around yeah. those three positions. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Even with the emergence of Jacob Ramsey. But I don't see that Connor Oren has done anything wrong to this to, to date to kind of to warrant being dropped. Yes, we might bring in better players than him, but the system, he's working in it. And since we came back from lockdown, he allows Douglas Luiz to sit further back on the edge of the box. He allows Douglas Luiz to go forward as well. So I would imagine if you were to poll the players, they would say that he's probably a lot more pivotal to the game plan, to, to their game, than the yeah. fans would, would, would admit or would be able to see. Do you think he does a lot of stuff that, that goes unnoticed then? Because I think his his game his game management and his game intelligence is, is something that gets overlooked. I think it's something that you've obviously picked up there that when players go wandering, he's the one that fills in and, and finds himself in, in the right place. Is that, that I guess that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and that's why sometimes, yes, he might be seen as being maybe a small little bit out of position at times. But you know, I think he's like he's he's got this real kind of. Look, I don't want to call him Roy Keane because he's not that type of player. But Roy Keane had this kind of this kind of terrier bulldog mentality about him, whereby he just had a work work ethic about him. I think Connor has that as well, but obviously not to the to the, to the same ability. But 
Um, I think he has that and he wants to kind of put himself before, the, put the team before himself and he'll run into those positions and so on. And yes, it's not glamorous and he's he gets goals every so often. And I think, did someone mention that he's our highest scorer in this yeah. this team? In our team, yeah. yeah. He scored the most goals for Villa that's at the club currently. There's <laughs> there some record. It's a great record for a midfield player to, to have, to be fair, isn't it? Mm. Well, when you've what got you the... Great to see? Sorry, Tal. When you've got the... You know, I, I think the, the thing is with... Kind of what come, you know, as you said, Neil, what complements in our system so much is you've got the most fouled player in Europe in your team, and you've got one of the best set uh, set piece takers uh, in 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 English football. Um, and statistics prove that up, whether people believe it or not. And I think that's you know a massive compliment to him. Um, and I mean, if if there's a time where he isn't a regular first team player for us, or you know he's not on the bench anymore, and he does go elsewhere, you know. We we need to replace that level of uh, that level of set piece taker because he's uh, he's world class at his set pieces. And that's yeah. interesting that you mentioned that, Ty, because it was mentioned in the pub tonight. It was if we get a penalty, who's going to take it? You know, Jack has missed a few penalties and so on. And Connor's name came up, and it was a case of, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, why wouldn't he take it? You know, he's he's a dead ball specialist. I'd have complete confidence in him. And uh, as you say, that little kind of, I know you're not going to put someone on the field just to take penalties and just to take free kicks, but it is a very much very much a plus point for him, I think. Yeah, I could be completely wrong here, but I believe he is the penalty taker at the club from those that were on the pitch. He was certainly due to take the one when we got one that got overturned against Palace at the end of the season. And there's similar people on the pitch at the moment. I don't think Watkins has, has ever been a penalty taker. Just, just finally from you, Neil, McGinn was back to his best tonight. And that's something that we've we've missed for a long time. He's a game changer for us because he, he's he's so unique. What did you make of his display tonight? Oh, he's just fantastic. When he's on song, he's my you know it's it's not going to be controversial, but like obviously Jack Grealish is going to be everybody's favourite. But when you see McGinn here and around the field and his static shoulders, the way he kind of runs like he's I don't know he's like he runs like he's swimming or something like that. I don't know what it is, but I just see him running around the place. He's uh, he's fantastic, and uh, that. That little pirouette he did on the ball is going to be oh, a, yeah. a gift forever. You know that was just fantastic. The ball into Grealish was great to see, and um, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think the I think the shackles were off in tonight. I think the after the early goal uh, came in, we were allowed a little more fluidity in in midfield, and he was the big beneficiary of that. I think for sure. Yeah, but it's been great to have you on, Neil, as well. Make sure everyone's checking out Neil's For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Ty and myself are going to appear on that later on in the week. And, and keep doing what you're doing, Pally. It's a really popular podcast. I've listened to a few myself, really enjoyed it. Just care, keep doing your thing. And I'll speak to you tomorrow, I think, when we record the podcast. Excellent. Guys, can I just be very bold? And can I just mention that the Aston Villa Irish lines, this jersey yeah. I'm wearing at the moment is one of the prototypes. Um, it's for the the reason that I wanted to mention it is we pick the charity every year. You pick a charity for the shirt, and this year we picked the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. It's the closest thing we have to the Dementia Society here in Ireland. Ireland, okay. and the reason we picked it was in was because of uh, Ron Smith, and um, you know we wanted to honour Deed Smith for everything he went through for bringing us up into the into the Premier League, and obviously the tough times he went through with Ron Smith. So um, yeah, it's been fantastic and. If anybody out there, I know that wherever I, whenever I get people on my podcast, the first thing they ask me is, is there a last of the Lions shirt coming out from the Irish Lions shirt coming out? So you can catch them on, on, on their website if that's something that you're interested in. But I don't want to, as I say, thanks so much for, no. for having me right. on. And, um, pleasure. Love the Irish pleasure. Lions, mate. Yeah, pleasure. It's a lovely, lovely mm. shirt as well. And obviously top class, what you're doing to, to raise the money there. Thanks for coming on, mate. And I'll speak to you soon. 
Thanks very much, guys. Take care, mate. Good luck. What a great bloke. Talk to you. Yeah, it's, it's good. Always good to speak to, to speak to people who who aren't in England. It's, it's nice to get a feel from what's going on in the, the rest of the world as well. I think that just about does us tonight, Ty. Got to mention Purity again because we're very, very lucky that we get to do this in association with them. And if you put that code in hashtag Villaview on their website, you'll be able to get yourself some cheeky beers. And they're nice as well. I've had some of their ales. It is really, really good. And I'm hoping they're going to send me some soon if there's anyone from Purity watching. A couple of bits of Villaview admin. We've got a new website, I believe. I've completely forgotten the uh, the web address. I think it's www. <laughs> The Villaview.tv. There we go. Mate, I've got to start writing things down. <laughs> Tom Julian's Tom Julian's gonna be watching this having absolute kittens with, with the lack of notage going on. But yeah, we've got a new website. There's a few things going on on there. So make sure you go and check that out. There's gonna be some plenty of content going up on there. We're gonna try and do a few clever things on there. And there's some new mugs for sale as well. I don't know whether you saw on social media, Ty, the, the Super Jack Grealish Villa View mug. That appeared on Friday. They're, they're going to be for sale now. And we've also I've got... got one on the way to me, mate. Have you? Oh, very, very lucky. Yeah, there's not only Jack. Look there. I mean, the pictures come up on my screen absolutely terribly. But we've got a Savo <laughs> mug, a Peter With mug, a Dino mug, and also a Gabby against Blues mug as well, which I imagine is going to be very popular. So, yeah, pop on our website, pop on our store, and see if you can get yourself a mug. Tiny bit of profit being made by the Villa View. Obviously, we're trying to trying to keep this going as long as we can. So check that out. You'll be supporting the channel. And you get yourself a nice mug. Ty, it's been great to have you on again. I'm trying to remember Cheers, the last mate. time I did a show and, and Villa didn't win. Could come crashing back down to earth on Sunday's post-match point at 9.15. After the Liverpool game, we'll get some fans on again. I think Dolan's back on Sunday as well. The only guy I know that rejoins the channel and then goes on holiday straight away. But Ty... It's been brilliant to have you on. I'm sure everyone will be hearing from you on social media. Myself as well. Only one thing left to say. Up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.